You are listening to the Music History Podcast. I am your host, Gage William. Today, we are going to be talking about the history of analog music recording. I know exactly what you're thinking right now. You're thinking to yourself, man, if only somebody could give me a comprehensive history of analog music recording. I need that right now. I'm shaking. I'm trembling. If somebody doesn't give that to... Well, you know what? Don't worry. I have that. And you're going to listen. <clears throat> cough, cough. Throughout the last 150 years, humans have been able to record sounds and music. Uh, the first medium was invented in 1877 by, of course, Thomas Edison. It was the wax cylinder. So this was a sound-collecting horn that used sound waves to vibrate a needle that ran along the length of a wax cylinder, creating a spiral lateral groove. It was an up and down movement. Now, the problem with these was there was really fine detail. They were really hard to reproduce and they didn't last very long and they couldn't hold that much information. It wasn't very long recording. So, so this guy, Emil Berliner, he responds by creating a disc in which sound pressure waves moved a cutting stylus horizontally along. Now, this is obviously the vinyl disc. And the improvement here was it could record longer audio it had two sides you could record on and you could rest the weight of the stylus on the disc itself because the walls of the groove kept it in they were a side to side movement on top of this they were easier to store because they were flat you could store multiple on top of each other and a couple of more obvious ones are they were a lot more durable and they were easier to manufacture because you could press the grooves into the discs. The next development that happened was due to Alan Bloomline, and this is the guy that invented stereo sound. He thought, well, we have two ears, right? Why not two sources of audio? So he was watching a movie with his wife one night, and he was frustrated that the audio didn't seek up with the talking on screen, and somehow this gave him the idea of stereo sound. So basically what happens next is that the groove of the vinyl is rotated 45 degrees and another groove is made at a right angle to it. So you have two 45 degree grooves that come to a point. Now this moves the stylus up and down and left and right, but it makes two channels of audio because there are two pickups that are connected to the end of a magnet on the stylus. And as the stylus is moving from side to side, the closer... Uh, in proximity to these pickups that the magnet is, the stronger the electrical signal, and you can reproduce two waves with one movement like that. And this obviously greatly improved the sound of the vinyl, and it was such a big deal that every vinyl that was stereophonic, you would see printed at the top of the vinyl, stereophonic. It was a big deal. Now, the next improvement was, in my opinion, the largest leap in terms of fidelity and quality and that was the introduction of magnetic tape so tape was invented in germany in 1928 and by 1934 aeg the german division of general electric began manu began manufacturing the magnetophone and but this technology it kind of just sat in germany that nobody really understood its potential and they were just like oh cool new new uh, thing for radio um, it wasn't until this wonderful man by the name of John Mullen, who is in Germany after the war, 
he hears the orchestra playing on the radio at two in the morning and he thinks to himself, that's peculiar. Why is the orchestra up at two in the morning? And then he realizes it's a recording and he thinks this is the highest fidelity recording I've ever heard. So he gets his hand on two, he gets his hands on two of these magnetophones and he brings them back to the United States and he showcases the machine at the Institute of Radio Engineers conference in San Francisco on May 16th, 1946. The way he showcased it was he had a live jazz combo on stage and he had a recording of the jazz combo and he would switch back and forth between them and the audience couldn't tell which was which. One of the biggest improvements that this tape brought was that if you didn't like one of your recordings, you could go back, erase it, and record over it. So none of this, you get one take. If you don't like it, you have to throw out the vinyl and start again. You can simply erase your take and try one more time. So Mullen teams up with this company called Ampex, a very small company, and they start making these tape recording machines. Um, and in April 1948, they make the first commercially available tape recorder, and it's called the Ampex Model 200. Now, these machines could only record one track of audio. However, one of the very first ones was given to guitarist Les Paul. And for those of you who don't know, Les Paul is the creator of the solid body electric guitar. But he also was the brainchild of multi-track recording. So he has this idea. He takes it to Ampax. He says, you guys can add more tracks to this and we can record different instruments at different times. So Ampex starts to work on this and eventually they make the four-track player. Now the four-track player is pretty much industry standard, the only commercially available machine until 1966. In 1967, Ampex created an 8-track tape machine, and then the same year, they created the 16-track, and then finally, MCI followed in 1968 with a 24-track 2-inch audio tape recorder, and that became industry standard. Um, and they, that was pretty much what was used through the 70s and the 80s, were 16 tracks and 24 tracks, depending on how many you needed. In the 80s is when we start to get into digital recording and that's still an evolutionary process till this day they're still coming out with new equipment to this day thank you so much for listening this is the music history podcast i'm your host gage williams